Have your way 
Hosanna, we praise you, Father. We praise you. You're the God who loves us. You're the God who saves. So many names for you, Lord. We get to call you Father, Dad, Papa. Welcome you here to Maple Street Worship Center this morning, snowy morning. So I just want to let you know, as we're praising worshiping, it's a free place. Dance over here, sit, stand, flags, man flags for any of the guys that want to... Newell, I haven't seen you grab a flag in a long time. Newell, maybe you might want to grab the man flag one. Yeah. So uh, why don't you just take a minute, just greet one another, say hi, um, maybe a few hugs. I'm not sure about the kisses and the... A holy, a holy kiss. Turn down my guitar, Johnny. Just, just take it down. got to get through. I'll take it apart when we get home. What? The pickup's gone. The connector.
coming on the clouds Kings and kingdoms will bow down And every chain will break As broken hearts declare His praise Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah He's roaring with power fighting our battles every knee will bow before him our God is the lamb the lamb that was slain for the sin of the world his blood breaks the chain every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb every knee will bow before him Open up the gates, make way before the King of Kings. The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and he's fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Every knee will bow before Him. Stop the Lord Almighty, declare it. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? There is no one. So who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop? that first verse again. He's coming on the clouds. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. And let's let's declare this. 
every chain will break as broken hearts declare his praise who can stop the lord almighty our god is the lion the lion of judah he's roaring with power he's fighting our battles and every knee will bow before him our god is the lamb the lamb that was slain for the sin of the world his blood breaks the chains and every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb every knee will bow before him stop the Lord Almighty who can 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 stop the Lord Almighty just speak to the areas of your life where you're waiting for God to make a breakthrough just just tell it, whatever that area is in your life right now. Ask it, who can stop the Lord Almighty? That area can't. Whatever it is, physical, life situations, financial, whatever. Nothing can stop our God. He will break through. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? No one who can stop the Lord Almighty. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? stop the Lord Almighty who can stop the Lord our God is the lion the lion of Judah he's roaring with power and he's fighting our battles and every knee will bow before him our God is the lamb the lamb that was slain for the sin of the world, his blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before him. So, Lord, we choose to bend a knee this morning as your children. 
we do submit to you, Father. And we declare the day that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You are the victory, not just the victor, but you are the victory, Jesus. You break every chain. You set captives free. And we release that this morning, your power this morning, Holy Spirit, to minister here to us in in our worship and in in this whole day. In our conversations with each other, in our praying for each other as a body. Embolden us with your love to break chains, to set captives free, Lord, to declare the kingdom. one again the moon and stars they wept the morning sun was dead the savior of the world was falling his body on the cross his blood poured out for us the weight of every curse upon Final breath he gave, as heaven looked away, the Son of God was laid in darkness. Battle in the grave, the war on death was waged, the power of hell forever broken. The ground began to shake, the stone was rolled. Perfect love could not be overcome. Now desperate is your sting. A resurrected king has rendered you defeated. Forever he is glorified. Forever he is lifted high. Forever.
sing hallelujah. The Lamb is overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. Lamb is overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. Lamb is overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. Forever he is glorified. Forever he is lifted high. Forever he is risen. began to shake the ground began to shake the stone was rolled away his perfect love could not be overcome now death where is your sting our resurrected king has rendered you defeated forever he is glory Again, 
praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything. And I will adore you. we see that all the elders surrounding the throne crying holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty that's been going on long before we came around we get to join in that so let's just declare it again holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty was and is and is to come Praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything. And I will adore you. Worthy is the Lamb who slain. Worthy is the Lamb who slain. To receive all praise and honor and glory and riches and power. We're so worthy, God. We're so worthy. Thanks. All the 
What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. How precious your name is, how wonderful you are. Death could not hold. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. you Silence the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ my King. What a powerful name it is, nothing can stand what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. can stand against what a powerful name it is the name of Jesus what a powerful name it is the name of Jesus what a powerful name it is the name of Jesus we declare your name in this place Clear your name in this place. Clear the name of Jesus in this place. Break through, Lord. Break
Anybody have a scripture kind of rattling around in their head to bring up? A scripture that you want to say publicly, Ed? Yeah? I said that, and Ed, Ed started snickering, so I'm not sure what scripture he thought of. But. Oh, okay. This morning, every one of us, what what do you need? Let's just ask him and expect. things have passed away your love has stayed the same your constant grace remains the cornerstone things that we thought were dead your sun to shine on darkest nights for all that you've done we will pour out a love this will be our anthem song Jesus we love you oh how we rags and made us beautiful 
submitted to the will of the Father. You have overcome sin. You have overcome the grave. You have overcome death. You walked out, as we know 
as we anticipate in a couple of weeks' time as we celebrate the Easter season that, Lord, you broke out of the tomb. And because you have overcome, we are overcomers. Because you rose, we will rise. Because you've been glorified, we will share in that glory. What a wonderful thing to anticipate. And Lord, we love you this morning. We love you, we love you, we love you for what you have done for us, how you've brought us into the family of God, how you've seated us in heavenly places. You've blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And though, Lord, we may stumble at times, and though we are oftentimes, we fail, we know that, Lord, that what you have begun, you are going to complete in us. Your hands are still upon us. You're still fashioning and still making us new. And the old things are passing away. Behold, all things are becoming new. And Lord, I pray this morning that we would catch a glimpse of that, that you're making things new. You're making things new in us individually. You're making things new in us corporately as a body of believers here at Maple Street. Father, we thank you for what you're doing, what you're doing by your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you love them this morning? Do you love him this morning? Does he deserve your praise and your worship? Does he, does he deserve the very breath that you breathe? Does he deserve the life that he has given to you? That we give it back to him in devotion and in service. Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. Can we just declare that this morning? Jesus, we love you. You are the one that our hearts adore. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. Hallelujah. If you love him this morning, just lift your hand. Just shout amen. Praise God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. You are the king. You are our, you are our lamb of God who takes away our sin. As far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against us anymore. We have the righteousness of Christ credited to our account. Hallelujah. And he is the king over all. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Bless you, Lord. And so, Lord, we pray that as we move on in our service today, our gathering today, that, Lord, everything we do will honor you. It'll be like incense ascending to heaven today. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Thank you, worship team. God bless you this morning. God bless you. Just sensing a real, I don't know about you guys this morning, but I just really was sensing some fantastic things happening. Uh, last week, and I just feel like, how many just feel like we're, we're, on, we're on the go here? We're starting to make this, uh, I don't know how you explain it, but I just, the way, I, the way I put it is I felt like we were turning a corner. I don't know if you got that or not, but that's what I'm sensing, that we were turning a corner. And uh, I, when I turn a corner, I, I, like, I like to kind of, give a little gas as I'm turning the corner. You ever do that? You let up a little and then you get into the turn and then you give her a little gas. Well, I say, Lord, help us to help us to get our feet on that accelerator and we get around that corner and get on that straightaway right to where you want to take us. So 
that's just me. I don't know about you guys, but that's what I'm sensing in, in the spirit. Just felt uh, like the Lord is doing some cool stuff. And uh, just want to see more of it happening. And um, yeah, so praise God. Welcome this morning to Maple Street. And I know it was a bit of a tricky drive, probably for some of us getting in here and some of us coming in a little bit later, and that's okay, but we're so glad everyone is here. And uh, so if I could just turn your attention just for a, a couple of moments here. Uh, this morning, we got a few things happen, and just want to mention uh, in the bulletin, of course, so thrilled about our uh, Tuesday night, but going to mention before we do that, that of course, tonight is tonight, isn't it? So this is the third Sunday in the month tracking it right, right? This is the third Sunday of month. Just making sure, I'm just checking with Sandy that, uh, of course, tonight, uh, Heritage House, 6.30 p.m. Of course, Sandy is our coordinator for that. And whoever is interested in being able to come out and just uh, meet with the, with the folks that are there at Heritage House, I know they so appreciate that. Of course, on uh, Tuesday night, just thrilled. Uh, on Tuesday night, we had 14 in attendance to our Bible study and prayer night. And just seeing God beginning to change the atmosphere through prayer and changing lives and we're seeing uh, things uh, that uh, how many know that, that, that God changes things when we pray God gets, is, is, is at work and, and we're so grateful for the Lord's hand that to bring uh, healing and to bring changed lives and we're just excited about that so just a reminder Tuesday night 6.30 we gather here uh, finishing up a series entitled When God's People pray. Also just want to uh, mention as well that on Tuesday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon we do have a webinar uh, that we're going to be showing here at the church and for those who are interested in ministry to kids and youth because it is about next generation strategies it's probably only going to be maybe 30 to 40 minutes or so not a long webinar, not a long time if you can make that uh, if you can't make that Oh, the 27th. Sorry, not this Tuesday. I'm, I'm getting my weeks mixed up. So this is the 27th. Lots of time to think about that. So the 27th uh, at 1 o'clock. Thank you, Penny. My weeks in my head are getting mixed up. And, of course, uh, Good Friday service taking place on the 30th of March. And, uh, of course, we combine every year with some other churches in the, in the, in the town. Let's, uh, let's stand together. Let's pray together. And um, I'm going to pass the microphone right to, to Frank if he's going to lead us. As we receive today's offering, we are believing you for heaven opened, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations, anointings, callings and calls, position and promotions, provisions and resources, to go to the nations, souls and more souls, from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. Thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so I have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah.
Praise God. Amen. If you get your Bible this morning for a few moments, not gonna gonna try to really uh, condense a little bit this morning, but if you get your Bible, if you could turn with me to Nehemiah chapter five. Nehemiah chapter five. When offenses come, when offenses come. So, Father, we, we come to you this morning and we thank you for the fact that you're still, you're still on the throne. You're still in power. You still reign over all. And so, Lord, we will not fear. But we will, as said before, we will have the brick in one hand and the sword in the other. We will fight the battles that come, knowing, Lord, that we fight from a position of victory. And we thank you, Lord, this morning for uh, the testimonies as well of, of the signs of your work. And we pray, Father, today that that work will be cultivated and nurtured and protected. And so, Lord, as we delve in and we touch and we highlight some of the things that we find in this chapter, Lord, that we will recognize that, Lord, that uh, you, you call us to imitate you. You call us to work together, to grow together, to relate to one another. And that, Father, that there's times when things will happen. The question is, is how are we going to deal with them in a constructive way? And so, Lord, as we de- delve into this topic, Lord, I pray our hearts will be open. Open the ears of our spirit today. May some of these things enter into our hearts and change our lives. And may we walk in it together in the coming days. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Need the Lord's help for that. Great to see that the kids are, are being taken care of and they're learning at their level. And, and the call, of course, call them down after. But Nehemiah chapter 5, not going to read all the text this morning. Not going to read all the text, but I just want you to kind of follow along with the basic thoughts. But how many know this morning that um, as we've been going through this, we've discovered that, uh, as was recounted before, that Nehemiah had the burden and he, he goes to the king. The king gives him the favor, the resources. He sends him down. Nehemiah goes in to Jerusalem, finds the conditions that are there, and uh, of course, brings uh, uh, a resolve to do something about it. And of course, we know, as we were looking at last week, that whenever we set out to do something for the Lord, that we have an enemy who is wanting to stop us, wanting to taunt us, wanting to bring discouragement. Amen? And uh, so we, we, do, we discovered that as we were moving along. But as we come into chapter 5, as we come into chapter 5, we find a little bit of a different scene here. And if you look at the first five verses in Nehemiah chapter 1, or Nehemiah chapter 5, excuse me, it says, now the men and their wives raised a great outcry against their Jewish brothers. And some of them were saying, we and our sons and daughters are numerous. In order for us to eat and stay alive, we must get grain. And others were saying, we are mortgaging our fields, our vineyards, and our homes to get grain during the famine. And still others were saying, we have had to borrow money to pay the king's tax on our fields and vineyards. And although we are of the same flesh and blood as our countrymen, and though our sons 
are as good as theirs, yet we have to subject our sons to slavery. Some of our daughters have already been enslaved, but we are powerless because our fields and our vineyards belongs to others. How many know this morning that even when you're trying to work together in the family, have you ever discovered this, that even in your own family, there's times when offenses will come? Have you ever discovered that? If you haven't discovered that, you haven't been part of a family. If you haven't discovered that, you don't have any friends. Because I know that when I was a kid, as an example, my friends and I could be playing and getting along real well, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, somebody says something, somebody does something to somebody, and the next thing you know, you got two kids in a standoff in the middle of the road with their dukes up, and they're mad. At each other. Happened to me. I'm standing in the middle of the road with my friend, my best friend, and we are standing off ready to pound each other. And I am mad for like 10 seconds. I put my hands down and I get it right in the nose. End of the fight. I didn't really want to fight him. But how many understand that when you're, even when your friends are in your family, there are times when something will come along, somebody will say something, somebody will rub you the wrong way, and you will get offended. Has it happened to you? Thank you. We're, we're finding common ground here in our human experience. So we found in the last chapter that we had an enemy that was on the outside. But we also know that the devil wants to get on the inside of the family. Amen? He wants to get on in on the inside of the relationships. And what we find here in this situation is that there's a food crisis. It's a famine resulting of two things. There's a large increase in the population. And the other part was that the land hadn't been tilled for many years. So as we talked about before, how there was rubble and how there was all of these things that, were, that they had to face. But the land is not really ready for this population influx. And so there's a shortage of food. And that's only part of the problem. So the king allows Nehemiah to go to Jerusalem, have political jurisdiction, and, begin, and, there's, and there's heavy taxes that are being demanded from the people. And so basically, in a nutshell, what's happening is that the rich among the, the Jews that were there are beginning to take advantage of the poor. Now, I know that's another message all in itself. But the point that I want to bring here is that this whole issue erupts basically in a nutshell, something like a little civil war. Why? Verse 1, now the men and the wives raise a great outcry against their Jewish brother. This is not fair. What you're doing is wrong. They're pointing the finger. They're offended. They're hurt. This is an injustice. That's why there's an outcry. Have you ever been in a situation where you have felt that someone has done something to you, to you who you have a great expectation for. Because how many know if someone offends you and, and you don't really know them, it's not a big deal. But when you are offended by someone whom you revere and you love and you hold in high esteem and they do something against you, how many know it hurts? 
it hurts. So here they are, feeling there's an injustice. How are we going to deal with this? Jesus said this. He said in Luke 17, 1, that it is impossible that no offenses will come. It is impossible that no offenses will come. If you have been in church and you have never, ever been hurt, then you better leave. Because you have found the perfect church. Amen? It is impossible that no offenses will come. It is a nature, it is a normal part of our human existence that we are going to get hurt at times. We are imperfect. How many would agree with that? We are imperfect people relating to imperfect people. We are born into an imperfect world, and if you belong to an imperfect church that is led by an imperfect pastor, I will say this again. I am not perfect. There is only one who ain't going to fail you. Hello? Did you catch that? I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. So don't expect perfection, please. There's only one that's perfect, and his name is Jesus. We're going to fail. The wonderful thing is, I know you're going to mess up. And if you mess up and I mess up, we can mess up together. But how many know that it's wonderful that we can actually work these things out? Folks, there's no perfect church. And I know that we're living in a culture right now that's extremely individualistic. And so they think, man, you know, I'm going to go here because they got this going on. And if I go to this place, I really like that because they got this great ministry going on, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then the next thing you know, if they don't get satisfied here, they decide to go over there. And, and they have these, you know, wearing these rose-colored glasses because they think it's all wonderful over here until they're there for long enough. And then they discover all the warts and all the blemishes. And they get mad about that and say, I don't like, like it here, so I'm going to come over here. And so they shop around, never, find, never being satisfied. Because, folks, it ain't Walmart. Our business isn't customer service. We're fielding customer service complaints. There's no perfect church. It's kind of like the guy who was stranded on, the, on a deserted island, and when the Coast Guard came to rescue him, they asked him some questions. He said, he said is there somebody else that's here on this island? And he said, no. Well, well, he said, then why the two mud huts? He said, well, he said, that one over there is the church I, that I go to. He, and, he, and he said, and this other one over here is the church I used to go to. He couldn't get along with himself. It's funny, but folks, how many know it characterizes many churches today? That if there's something wrong, we, it's too easy to leave and not deal with it. Folks, one of the issues in our culture right now, it is so easy for people to separate from one another. I remember a guy who said, you know, it's not just that someone leaves the church. He said, they left me. And there's a sense of abandonment. There's a sense of abandonment that they... I heard people complain, oh, you know, the music is too loud. I don't like the color of the carpet. I don't like the way the pastor preaches. He preaches too long. Blah, blah, blah. And it's on and on and on, right? There's no, no perfect church. No perfect family. No perfect people. So offenses are going to come. 
And sometimes when offenses come and they don't get constructively dealt with, it can bring disunity because you know what happens when offenses come. Now let's be honest for a moment. When offenses come, one of the favorite things that people like to do is they like to do telephone ministry. Amen? You catch him when I'm preaching this morning. They do telephone ministry. And they'll, they'll share. Right? So we're just doing a little bit of sharing. I remember one prayer group, it became more share, less prayer. And the problem is, is that when these things don't get dealt with, they get talked about. They don't deal with them. They don't sort them out. They don't work them out. And the offense turns into bitterness. And the bitterness eats away at our soul. And then it affects someone else and someone else. Remember last time we heard about the the bad news was coming around ten times, right? It can cause disunity. So there's this outcry. See, the threat now is not the outside. The threat is coming from the inside. Because, see, if this doesn't get dealt with carefully and swiftly and appropriately, the whole thing could fly apart. And how many understand this morning that when it comes to offenses, we have to learn to walk through this because we are an example to the world of what a reconciled community looks like Reconciled to God, but also reconciled to one another. Because if it don't work, what is the gospel? We talk about the gospel being good news because it's good news that we can, that though we've sinned, Jesus will forgive us of our sins and he will, we'll be able to stand in the grace of God. And yet, and yet I remember talking to a guy who told me all about these annual meetings at the church and how it turned pretty much into a bloodbath. And I thought to myself, here we are. It's a, we, we will sing amazing grace. How sweet the sound. But they were slow to give that grace away. Now I know this is kind of a bit of a real message here this morning. But I want you to understand that offenses are going to come. The question is, what are we going to do about it? Well, the next thing I want us to highlight here as we progress through our slides, young slide swiper, there we go, okay? Let's move on, number two, so I stay on track, that when offenses come, we need to respond and not react. We need to respond and not react. How many understand there's times when we respond or we react and it don't turn out so well? We tend to get upset and angry. But I want you to know that beginning angry isn't necessarily a bad thing because anger can be a righteous thing. How many know that when Jesus, did you know that Jesus got angry? But the Bible says that he didn't sin because it was a righteous indignation. It was, he went into the temple and found that they were, that they were uh, selling 
the sacrifices at a high price and he was inhibiting the people from being able to worship God. It was not a house of prayer, but a den of thieves. He was angry. He upset the tables. He cracked the whip. But he didn't sin. We find out that when Nehemiah hears this outcry, that he's very, very angry. This was not Sanballat and Tobiah. This is stuff that's going on on the inside. So he's angry, but he doesn't react out of his anger. He actually responds after. Going to the next slide, young whippersnapper. He thought it through. Look at verse 7. He said, because he got angry, but here's what he did. He pondered it. He thought about He pondered it in their mind, or in his mind. He pondered it in his mind. In other words, don't react, respond. Don't react, respond. How many know it's not a bad thing to think? It's not a bad thing to think. It's not a bad thing when you don't have the answer to go to God and say, Lord, I need your wisdom. Help me to to sort this out. The next thing that he moves on is as he's beginning to think it through, as we go to the next slide... Might have to hear him prompting him. He confronts the issue. Now, that's, this is the tough stuff here. He confronts the issue. Now, I remember reading a, a story that Chuck Colson shared in a book that he, called, that he titled The Body. And if you ever get that book, it's a good read. And he said that a number of years ago in a church in the U.S., in a major church in the Southeast, he said that, there was, that the wife of one of the deacons in the church showed up or announced, excuse me, to her husband that she wanted a divorce. And it was a shock, and it was sad news for the church. So the next Sunday, church as usual, she comes in with a male companion, and it's her boss. And so they sit on one side of the church while the deacon and his children sit on the other side, and now the church is kind of like looking from one side into the other, and like, ooh, we kind of see what's happening here. But she made no effort to disguise that she was in a relationship with her boss. And so the question is, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do? Are you just going to let that slide or are you going to confront the issue? I remember in another church that we were in, it was a similar situation. It was a couple of people that were attending the church and their relationship was not right. And uh, they attended for a while, and they attended for a while until a situation arose that gave me the opportunity to begin to speak into their life concerning their situation. And folks, I want you to know that not everything you confront is always going to turn out the way you hope it would be. And I would say this morning, with all truthfulness, as opposed to dishonesty, that I tried to treat that issue as gently as possible, with as much grace and patience, tolerance, as I possibly could, knowing that what they were doing was not right in God's eyes. It wasn't best for them. It wasn't best for the testimony and the witness of the church. But I confronted the issue as gently as I possibly could with, with, with truth and with grace, even though in the end... They became very, very upset. 
confronting the issue, what does Jesus say? He says that if your brother sins against you, go show him his fault. How many like doing that? How many know when someone comes and shows you your fault, that hurts our pride? Because sometimes we think that we're a little better than we are. I, re I remember when I got married. She's up there. I thought I was a pretty good guy until I got, until I got married. And now all of a sudden, I'm like looking and thinking, man, I got more warts and I got more blemishes and I didn't see it. I was blind to it. Go to McDonald's. I order a Big Mac and box of animal crackers, Big Mac meal. You know, you get yourself a family-sized pizza, and you're sitting at the table, and, and Christiane says, well, what's for me? Right? I'm like, when she tells me stuff, I'm like, how did you, how did I ever get married to you? I thought I was a pretty good guy. Wow. Was I ever... I wasn't just... <laughs> I, I wasn't just short of stature. I was a little short on the character part, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Going to play hockey. 10 o'clock at night on snowy roads. Make sure you call me. Forgot meet a wife who's very upset at about 1 a.m. I've been out having cappuccino and donairs after hockey. She's been up waiting for me, worrying herself to death. Offenses, right? It happens. It happens. Showing your faults. But Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, go show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. Not an easy thing to practice, but how many know that if we would do that more often, we would nip so many things in the bud before it would spread and cause problems. So he confronts the issue. He says to them, he says, you are exacting, exacting usury from your own countrymen. You are charging them, you are, you are extorting them. You're causing them hardship. And this is an injustice. And so he confronts the issue. And the next thing here that he does is that he deals with it swiftly. He goes on and he says, so I called together a large meeting to deal with them and said, as far as possible, we have bought back our Jewish brothers who were sold to the Gentiles. Now you are selling your brothers only for them to be sold back to us. Keep quiet because they could find nothing to say. So he deals with, he confronts the issue, right, Aiden? He confronts the issue and then, C, he deals with the issue swiftly. But I want us to notice another thing that he does. Not only does he think it through, confronts the issue, and deals with it swiftly, but he also holds them accountable. He brings accountability. How many know that's fun? That's fun stuff. It's not fun stuff. See, accountability, I, I don't mind accountability in this regard. Guy back east, he's a friend of mine, and uh, he says, hey, why don't we step on the scale, see where we're at? So I step on the scale, I, we swap 
Facebook photos, not like just, just the scale numbers, by the way. We're about the same height, about the same build, find out that our numbers are exactly the same. Who would have thought it? Okay, so what's the next step? Well, the guy who gets to a certain weight first uh, wins a book that the other guy's got to buy him. Okay, let's do it. So next thing you know, you're going to the gym and you're eating rabbit food and, and you're doing whatever you can to drop some pounds. And, and then what you're doing is every day or every other day, we would, we would text each other and report our weight. How many know, at least for a little while, it keeps you out of the chip bag? Keeps you from eating Cheerios at night. I love Honey Nut Cheerios, eating Honey Nut Cheerios at night. Until you get off, you know, you slide off the wagon a little bit here and there. And your wife's eyes get big saucers. What are you, what are you eating? Oh, no, no, shutting up the cupboard, keeping the fridge door closed. Accountability, right? Helping keeping you on track. How many know we need a little bit of that now and again? It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. But how many know that in the church it's a little, it's a little different? It's a little, sometimes a little harder for accountability. But how many know the Bible teaches that we are all accountable to the Lord? But we're not just accountable to the Lord. See, that's okay. But we also have to re- recognize that we are also accountable to one another. Because the Bible talks about something called fellowship. Koinonia, the, the, in, in the Greek. And it means more than just gathering around the tables and the potluck and swapping brown bread and beans. It's more than just doing that stuff or having a coffee at Tim Hortons. You see, the understanding of the New Testament word, koinonia, for fellowship, has a much deeper meaning. It means communion. We, we get communion with God. But folks, the church... The body of Jesus that's expressed here in this local setting is to be a communion of saints. It's where individuals, yes we are, but we share in something that's in common. Therefore, the Bible talks about submitting one to another, supporting one another, bearing one another's burdens, praying one for another, loving one another, even enough to put up with their shortcomings. Anybody got some shortcomings? Lift your hand up. I see you. Some of you are telling the truth. Some of you are. Oh, I think most of you are okay here. That's good. I was going to say we could have an altar service later for repentance. <laughs> Key passage on this. Acts 2, verse 42. I think it's really cool that in the day of the Pentecost... You've got this great crowd that's gathered, diverse crowd, and all of a sudden the Spirit comes. And yes, they're experiencing the Spirit individually, but all of a sudden now, even though it's an ex- individual experience, it's, they're experiencing it together. And then Peter gets up, and this, this group of approximately 120 or so, so Luke tells us, swells to a, to a, a brand new community of 3,000 people, goes from church like in Bonneville to a, a Millwoods assembly, all in one sermon. Man, that was good. 
But notice what they do. Notice what this new community does. When you go into Acts chapter 40, or excuse me, uh, 2, verses 42 to 47, it talks about that the commu- this new community of believers, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and prayer. They were doing it together. Communion, koinonia, that's what it means. So now it's not just about individuals. Folks, I've heard people saying, I think it was Tom T. Hall, wasn't it? And me and Jesus... We got a good thing going, me and Jesus. Yeah, I'm glad that you and Jesus do, but what about the church? What about your fellowship? What about communion? Because folks, can I just tell you that the church is not our idea, it's God's idea. We didn't invent it. Jesus said, I will build my church. So accountability is is, is rooted in the understanding that God is calling a people out of this world. The ecclesia is a, is a, it's the called out ones. We've been called out of the kingdom of darkness, brought into the kingdom of the beloved son. He has plundered the kingdom of darkness to bring us into the family of God. And so accountability is rooted in fellowship. Rooted in fellowship. Now I lost my spot here. So here we go. He holds them accountable. Look at what it says. Look at what it says. So I continue. He says, what you are doing is not right. Shouldn't you walk? Shouldn't you live? Conduct yourself in the fear of our God to avoid reproach of the, our Gentiles. Of our Gentile enemies. Think about this for a minute. Let's apply this today. He's saying, shouldn't you live? Shouldn't you walk in the fear of the Lord so that... So that, listen, folks, can I tell you that when we live, when we work out our offenses inside the family, we serve as a witness to the way the kingdom of God works. Did you catch that? When we learn to deal with our offenses, and it's going to happen, and it's going to happen over and over again. When we deal with it the right way, we serve as a witness to how the kingdom is to work. Because we understand that we are a community of grace, forgiveness, and reconciliation. If the good news doesn't work in the church, it doesn't work in, out there. Hello? You catching that? And he said, and I and my brothers and my men also lending the money again and, and grain, let the usury stop. Accountability. Next thing that he does is he calls for restitution. And I'm, I'm wrapping this as quickly as I can. He brought accountability, right, Aiden? And then he brought, then, then, he, then he called for restitution. I got to train him a little more. And here's what Nehemiah says. Look, give back immediately their fields, vineyards, olive groves, and houses, and stop charging them a hundredth part of the money, the grain, the new wine, and the oil. Let it stop. Let the injustice stop. It's got to come to an end. This is the way we're going to solve this. Restitution. How many know that it's one thing to say you're sorry, and it's... 
But if you do the same thing over and over and over again, are you really sorry? How did, folks, I'm, I'm going to, how did Jesus, how could Jesus confidently stand among all the people who were about ready to sock uh, Zacchaeus that day? Right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and he probably would have been a good target. Boom! Right? So here is, here is Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus is what? He is a traitor. He is a dirty, rotten scoundrel. He is a Jew, and he's working for the Romans. He's a chief tax collector living high on the hog. And here he is knocking on our doors and he's asking for more money than even the Romans are asking for because he's padding his RRSP. And Jesus wants to go to his house and have a double-double with him? Are you out of your mind? Do you know who this guy is? He's a weasel. Right? I'm just putting it in normal terms. Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. And all of a sudden, Zacchaeus has a change of heart. And what does Zacchaeus do? How do what does Zacchaeus say? Zacchaeus makes a declaration from his heart saying that he is going to give back to everybody that he stole. And even up to four times the amount. And then Jesus makes a declaration and he says, Today, salvation has come to his house. What? No sinner's prayer? Folks, there's a lot of people saying sinner's prayers and what they do afterward don't match up with what they've said. And yet, and yet, Zacchaeus, Jesus is declaring that salvation has come to him. Why? Because he has purposed in his heart to make what he has done wrong and do it right. That's how you know somebody is sorry. That's how you know they're settling the account. And so what Nehemiah is challenging them to do is say, look guys, you need a change of heart here. And the way a change of your heart is going to be expressed practically is when you stop doing what you're doing and you start giving back what, they, what, what is rightfully theirs. They were, they were extorting the poor. But here's what he was doing. He was creating a seedbed for rec reconciliation. He was trying to say, look, we need to mend the broken bridges of relationship between the rich and the poor. Because, folks, if we don't, if we don't fix this fracture, we have no future. Wouldn't you agree this morning that if, you don't, if we don't fix the fractures and do it, look, it's not just a one-time thing, but... Fixing fractures in broken relationships because of offenses that come is an ongoing work. It's like a website. You're always updating it. It never ends. It's like washing the dishes and doing the laundry and cooking. It's, it's always a work that you're always continuing to have to work at. Because if broken relationships are allowed to, to continue, then there can be no communion. There can be no fellowship. There can be no forward movement there can be no future so what's the results for all of this can I just say the results here it comes up the result was restored relationships 
and, re, and, and the walls got rebuilt. Look at this. He, here's what they come. After Nehemiah has, has said, look, guys, this is wrong. We're holding you accountable. We're calling for you to do it right. We're calling for you to, to make restitution. And here's what they say. They, they realize that it was wrong, and they say, we will give it back, and we will not demand anything more from them. We will do as you say. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing. How are we going to protect? Moving forward, can I ask this question? How are we going to protect the unity of the church going ahead? How are we going to be overcomers? How are we going to stop allowing offenses to rule and reign? Because I want you to know, folks, that since I came here, I've heard that word offense many, many times. Offense. But we all experience it in one shape, way, or another. And the first thing I want us to, to, to consider is this, that we need to repent of our wrongful doings in the past. If there's things that the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart about right now and it's bringing to your mind, we need to repent of it. The second thing, we need to forgive those who have done wrong to us. Think of Joseph for a moment. Joseph, the second in command of all of Egypt, had all the power over his ten brothers who were begging bread. they're having fun up there so Joseph here he's got all the power over them and his brothers who sold him into slavery who caused him turmoil and pain left in the in the in a in a pit for 13 years forgotten by the the butler and the baker accused of wrongful doing and finally he makes it to the place where now he's in the second in command the second most powerful person in Egypt and his ten brothers show up and now he has the power to punish them how many know he didn't exercise the power to punish he exercised the power of forgiveness grace and reconciliation we need to heed the words of Philippians 2 if you have any encouragement from being united in Christ if any comfort from his love if any fellowship with the spirit if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete being like minded having the same love being one in spirit and purpose do nothing out of vain conceit in humility consider others better than yourselves each of you should look not only to your own interest but also to the interest of others your attitude should be that the same of Christ Jesus call the worship team to come back just for a few moments as we stand together this morning can I ask this question and this is to be an honest question how many how many would as we stand together say to be honest before the Lord, just to lift your hand and say, I, I have been harboring a hurt that I need God to take care of. I've been, I've harb, I, I have, I have some, some, something has happened and I've wrestled with it. But I, but I need to release it to the Lord. I need, I need to forgive. I see a hand going up. I need to, I need to forgive. I need to exercise that grace. Maybe it means that you need to go to the person and just say, remember that time when this happened? And you said this, it, it did hurt me. 
But I want you to know that I love you so much and I want my, our relationship to continue. That's why I'm, I'm raising the issue. But when you said that or when you did that, it, it really hurt my feelings. And, and allow that person to sometimes misunderstandings, folks. Well, you know, I really didn't mean it to say it that way. And, and you know, I, I might have been in a, had a bad day and, and, and my face didn't look right and whatever the case might be. And, but folks, Jesus told us how to deal with it. Matthew 18, go. Go to the person. Do it in private. Don't, don't get on the phone and say, you'll never believe what so-and-so said to you. And then so-and-so says it to so-and-so number two. And three and four. Next thing you know, it's gone around town. And it could, could end up 40 miles away. Well, how in the world is so-and-so 40 miles away? Or, or even better, Facebook, there's 550 million users. And all of a sudden now, somebody who's, look, I know news travels fast. Bad news travels fast. But instead of going and getting on the horn, go to the person and get it dealt with. Keep short accounts. Because folks, offenses are going to come. And they're going to come again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And the only reason this ring is still on my hand right now, this, this sign of a covenant that I made with my wife 20 years ago, is because when the offense comes, we forgive. When the offense comes, yes, we might be hurt in the moment. We might even fire back a few things or two that we shouldn't. Because it happens. It's, it's, it's relationships. And it's sometimes it's not always the easiest things. But folks, the reason why this sign of the covenant that I made my wife 20 years ago, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, whether I'm a good guy or a knucklehead, right? And I've been a knucklehead many times. But the reason why that ring is still on my finger as an expression of my commitment, my commitment to say, you know, it doesn't matter what comes our way, we're going to work through it. We're going to do it together. We're going to cross that line together. If this morning there's been a hurt in your heart, how many here would say, I've had a hurt in my heart, and I want God to begin to work on me, work through me. We're going to bring the kids together. The kids want to come in. Come here for a minute. You want to tell you something? Come here. Let me just use you for a, an example here. Uh, this is my fourth. She wouldn't be here if we if we didn't make it right. Did you know that? She wouldn't be here if we if we didn't keep forgiving and, and putting it behind, right? Because somewhere along the way early there would be an offense. I can't take it anymore. I'm out of here. Nope. We work through it. So number one comes along, and number two comes along, and number three comes along. And she's here because we were able to hold the family together because of grace, forgiveness, long-suffering. And my wife has suffered long. That was a joke, by the way. You can laugh at that one. But folks, if we want to see this family here grow, 
catching this? If we want to see this family grow and this family multiply, the way that we are healthy, it isn't that offenses don't come. It's that when they do come, it's that we learn to walk through them with grace, patience, and love. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you today for this service. We thank you for everyone that is here today. And if you're here, and I know it's a little after 12 here, but if, you, if you're here and this message has spoken to you and you sense that you need to deal with something that uh, maybe has been in your heart for a while, but you want God to, to work this thing out because you want relationships that you have to be healthy and to be restored so that the walls can continue to be built. The walls got finished. Did you know that in the story? God finished the walls, but they had to do it together. They had to work through it together. And if you're here this morning, this message just spoke to your heart. Uh, if you want to come, we just want to pray for you that God would, would continue to, to work a work of restoration in your life. Thought of me. You guys can sing that if you want to. Crucify of all powers. Is there anybody here who would want to come and we just want to minister to you today? Of all nature and all created things Above all wisdom and all ways of man You were here before the world began Above all kingdoms Above all thrones
we thank you for what you're doing today. We thank you, God, for your love. We thank you, Lord, that you're a God of reconciliation, grace. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us to live that out in our own lives, in our own church and families, that God, that we will be a people of reconciliation. Reconciliation that strengthens the relationships and the relationships of of, of partnership, cooperation to, to continue to build toward the future that you had for us. Lord, continue, we pray, to rebuild and renew and restore in this, in this place and in our lives, oh God. So Lord, we ask your blessing on each one that's been here, every family, every child. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing now and what you're going to continue to do. And we anticipate greater things and greater things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you this morning. Uh, If you desire, you want to linger a little longer, that's absolutely fine. We don't want uh, to rush anyone out. But if you need to go, we understand. And so God bless you the rest of your day. God bless your week. And don't forget, of course, a Heritage Host tonight. And again, if anyone is uh, would be interested in uh, hosting uh, a Watoto uh, group in their home for the night of the 1st of May, just please uh, see me. Thank you very much.